Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, what I love about Scripture, there's many things I love about Scripture. My favourite thing to do is talk about Scripture. And what it does is it always aligns us and points us in the direction that God wants us to be walking in. And I love parables in Scripture. Does everyone know what a parable is? It's something that Jesus used to teach and tell stories to show people how he thought about a new situation, maybe even to bring a new way of thinking to a situation. And so I'm going to be sharing one of my favourite parables. It's a parable that I've referred to a lot um, over the years, and I'll tell you why in a minute. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Is everyone familiar with the Good Samaritan? Yeah, it's a well-known and well-loved one. I'm going to bring it from maybe a little bit of a different perspective, have a little bit of fun with it, and maybe just point out some things that we're able to um, put into practice in our own life or just be encouraged to continue to do in our own life. All right, so we're going to pop a scripture up on the screen. And I'm just going to start us off. On one occasion, an expert on the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. Now, this is the fun bit. Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the lawyer, I mean, I don't know any lawyers that would want to justify themselves. But the lawyer wanted to justify himself. That's the first lawyer joke. That's where they all came from. And so he asks Jesus, who is my neighbour? Can you maybe give me a list of who my neighbour is? Can you kind of tell me who I have to love to get eternal life? Because surely, God, surely you don't want me to love any, everyone. Surely you, do, surely you don't want me to love people that are a little bit different to me. Or I don't like. <laughs> Can I just share before I break it down a little bit? And could I grab a drink of water too? Oh, there is one. It's because it's see-through. <laughs> um, the reason why this is a favourite parable of mine is because I, over the years, have had to come back to God <laughs> and say, surely you don't want me to love them. Surely you don't want me to keep turning up for that person. And I'm saying that with an honest and authentic heart that I have searched scripture to find a way out. And I don't know if you have. I mean, be honest. Maybe you've tried to find a way out of loving others well in your own life. But every time I come back, I am reminded and I am fueled to love others well in an even greater capacity. And I find that's what God's word does for us. It fuels us to love in an even greater capacity. So real quick, I'm going to break down a few of the characters. Um, actually, I'm going to quickly summarize the rest of the scripture. You're going to have to take my word for it. I don't want to read it because it will take too much time. But the story continues on and there is a man and he's on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. On his way from Jerusalem to Jericho, he is beaten, he has taken all his clothes off him, he is robbed, and he's left for dead. Shortly after, a priest comes along, sees the man, and he crosses to the other side of the road. Shortly after that, a Levite comes along, sees the man, 
and crosses to the other, other side of the road. So Jesus is kind of making, painting a picture here that there's some people that are seeing an uh, opportunity to meet a need, but they cross on the other side of the road. Soon after that, a Samaritan comes along. He has compassion in his heart for what he sees. He helps the man. He takes him to a place where he can be restored. And then he goes about his own way. And then Jesus says to the lawyer, who do you think was a neighbour in this story? And the lawyer replies, well, the man that was kind, the man that had compassion. Jesus says, yes, correct. Now go and do the same thing. All right, so let's break it down a little bit. Because I know that there are a few different personalities in this or responses um, to, to meeting a need. And I'm sure all of us in the room can find one that we can say, yeah, that's me, or that has been me, or hey, I do that, keep doing it, or I want to be challenged in this area. I know that I do. The priest, and this is a man that knew the ways of God, yet when offered an opportunity to do and be the word of God, he crosses the road. Well, why? Maybe he had beliefs, habits, custom. Yeah. He may have been on his way to a church service. I don't know. And he saw the man, I don't have time, I'm going to keep on going. Even in, in the custom of that time, if a priest touched an unclean thing, that was a no-no. So that could have been the thing as well. We can't be too hard on the guy. But Jesus is wanting to encourage us and say, no matter what we have in front of us, no matter what belief we have, custom we have, habit we have, if there is a need in front of us, help. Do something about it. Be willing to be inconvenienced because I don't know about you, but people in need don't usually check with me and my diary first to see if they're able to have a need. <laughs> we have to be willing to help people when they're in the need. We move on to the Levite. Here comes a Levite and he's kind of like the priest. He knows the ways of God, but he's a businessman. I would maybe describe him as the influencer of his time. He comes along and he just sees him, walks and crosses the other road and he's like, ah, I'm too busy for that. I've got other things to do. And I think this can speak and challenge us that we all can get wrapped up in the busyness of life, in our career, in our personal dreams and personal desires, that sometimes we can get a little bit blinded by a need that is right in front of us because surely someone else can do it. I mean, maybe someone who has more time, maybe someone who has a different job to us, maybe someone who has more money than us can do something about it. But I know that I know in Scripture that Jesus always puts things in front of us that we're able to lend a helping hand to, and I think this is a great example. Then we have the beaten man, and we don't know why this guy was beaten. Maybe he was super rich and he just got all this stuff taken. Maybe he was a criminal and he got what they thought he deserved. But I actually love that Jesus doesn't say what he did to get beaten because what that tells me is that there's no reason that we shouldn't help someone. We shouldn't walk past someone on the street and say, oh, they look like they deserve that kind of life. I'm not going to help them. There's actually no reason that we shouldn't be able to lend a hand. And I don't know about you, but I've, been, I've needed a, hand, a, a helping hand in my life. We're all going to be a part of a time where we need to put our hand up and say, can someone come along and help me? All right, the Samaritan. He is the most famous of them all. A man who was hated by the other guys that had come past, actually, because they had a culture of conflict within themselves. And he, anyway, the, the one that could have walked past the beaten up man and said, hey, you deserved it, and gave him a little bit of a kick as he walked past, he was actually the one who had 
a soft heart and a moment to say, actually, I'm going to do about something about this and I'm going to help this man. And I think it's so incredible that God uses someone most unlikely because it shows us that there's no a race, there's no status, there's no difference between us, there's no difference of opinion that can stand in the way of actually allowing God to work through us to meet a need and help someone along on their journey. Another interesting one, and he's often overlooked in this narrative, is the lawyer. And this is the one that I can relate to. The lawyer is the one who questioned God in the first place. Can you please define who my neighbour is? because I don't have time to love everyone. So if you just give me a list, I'm going to do that, and then can I get eternal life? He's kind of the guy that wanted to do the least amount possible, but still get all of the benefits. And I don't know if you're willing to admit it, but I am. <laughs> there have been many times in my life that I've wanted to say to God, can I do the most little to get the most with you? And I just love that Jesus comes along and he challenges this thinking. It's not how I think, and it's not how I want you to see people and how I want you to see um, value people. So Jesus changes the question that the lawyer had, can you define my neighbour? And he totally changes it around and says, how can I be a neighbour? And that's the question that Jesus has for us, continues to have for us individually and the church. Not who do I have to be a neighbour to, but how can I be a neighbour to people? Not putting limits on who I can love, but loving everyone that comes across my path. But, you know, knowing something and doing it are two different things, and that can be the challenge. And we can probably relate to one of the characters, the priest who knows the word but crosses the other road, the Levite who's too focused on his own personal gain and he crosses the road, the beaten man who's maybe needing a hand and a helping hand to get back on his feet, the Samaritan who sees someone in need and does something about it, or the lawyer who's questioning God, what do I have to do to get in on eternal life? And I just want to encourage us, wherever we find ourselves, that Jesus has called us to love our neighbour. He's called us to live a life that we're continuously seeking his word and aligning our thoughts with his thoughts, our thinking with his thinking, learning how to see and value people how he does and make life better for others. So I hope that's encouraged you. It's encouraged me and challenged me over the years. And with that, I'm going to leave and pass on to Pastor Danny. So good. so good to be back in the house of God, hey? Yeah. It's amazing and uh, I just love what God's doing in this series around others and just believing that we're going to leave in this season more fired up and more fueled to reach people. You know, this season uh, past has been something that's isolated us and I guess put us into our homes and stuff. But as we go out, I'm just believing we're going to see revival. We're going to see our friends and our communities touched. And it's just going to be a very exciting time ahead. But others, I love it. I love what God's speaking through us, uh, through it, because I believe that we're called to move beyond ourselves and serve others. It's the, it's the antithesis of who we are as Christians. And I don't know if that word actually works in that sentence. Uh, it just sounded good. But <laughs> honestly, I'm being honest. I'm like, does that even make sense? I don't know, but the people loved it. Um, 
But I just, as I was preparing this week, I felt God put on my heart the story of the prodigal son. And uh, I just, I love what Keena shared and what I'm sharing. I believe it's just going to tie in really good. But just to paraphrase again, when Jesus is speaking um, about the story of the prodigal son, he's got, a, he's got two different groups of people in front of him. In Luke 15, it says that he has the Pharisees and the scribes who are sitting there. And then on the other hand, he's got the sinners and tax, uh, tax collectors that are sitting there. So he's got a bunch of gangsters and then he's got a bunch of righteous people. And the righteous people are going, what are they doing here? They don't have a place here. Why, why is Jesus hanging out and eating with these people? And Jesus goes, all right, everyone, sit down. I'm going to tell you a story. And we all know the story of the prodigal son, but I want to look at it from a different angle because Jesus tells the story and he starts it off and he says, hey, there's a father and he has two sons. And he starts to talk about these two sons that the father has. And one son, they both grow up in the father's house. It seems like they've got a great family. They've got everything they could ever want. The father has land. He has cattle. He has hired servants. And one son turns around and he goes, man, you know what? Dad, give me everything that I, that, uh, I own or all of my inheritance. I want it now. And uh, I want to go live the fast life. So he, in this day and age, he would go out. He probably bought himself a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, started hitting the town, buying all the nice things that you could buy, spending it up. He's at the nightclubs. He's probably at the casino. And he comes to a place where he just wastes it all. Everything, all of his father's inheritance, he wastes it all on a fast life, on just trying to live for the moment, living selfishly for himself, just to kind of have a high, have a moment. And he finds himself in the pig's pen, in the lowest of lows, in the mud, eating what the pigs eat. And he says to, he comes to his senses and he says to himself, man, man, even if I go back to my, my dad's house and just live as a hired servant, man, I'll get treated better than this. So he makes his way home. And the incredible thing is that the father is there waiting for him with arms open wide. And he comes and he says, Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against earth. Would you welcome me back? I'm happy to just be a hired hand. And his father goes, no, kill the fattened calf. Get him a robe. Let's wash him up. We're putting on a party. Get the DJ. Invite the family around. My son was lost, but now he is found. And I love that part of the story because that's who our God is. The truth of the gospel is no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how much you've messed it up, is that the Father is waiting for you with open arms. But we have the other son who actually never left. He never went and squandered anything. He lived a pretty good life and he's sitting there and he's going, man, this is making me angry. Man, my brother, he just went and wasted everything, all of his inheritance, and now what? He's just going to come walk straight back in and get, what, another inheritance? Going to take part of my inheritance? This isn't right. Man, I'm not happy. And the father turns around and goes, man, what's going on? Why are you feeling like this? He goes, because, you know, look, I'm just paraphrasing, but he'd be like, man, all my inheritance you're now going to give to him. This actually isn't fair. And the father goes, man, you've got to see beyond yourself. Your brother was lost, but now he is found. Come on, let's celebrate. And Jesus is actually talking about two sons, but two people groups that were sitting right in front of him. He was talking to the Pharisees, the scribes, saying, hey, you're judging these guys, the tax collectors. You're judging the sinners, but man, you've got to be, get beyond yourself. You've got to look for others. And he's, I, I feel like that story can speak so powerfully to where we're at. You know, it can be so easy to be comfortable in the house, 
so easy to get comfortable in the house of God. You know, I've, all my wounds are healed now. I've got my life together now. It's, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to go back to the pig's pen, but there's people out there that need us. There's the others out there that need us to go and see them. You know, I had this question that burned in my heart. What, what would the story look like if the brother who was in the house and had it all together cared about his brother that went out and wasted it all? What would it have looked like? Maybe he would have went and found his brother in the pig pen and picked him up and carried him home and said, hey, there's a place for you in dad's house. And I feel like that, that's what God wants to speak into our hearts today. That who in our world, who in our community, who in our workplace, who in our universities, who in our families, who do we know that we need to go in the pig pen? I know it's muddy in the pig pen. I know it's messy in the pig pen. I know sometimes we might, you might get spat on in the pig pen. It might mess up what you're wearing, but there's people that need us in the pig pen. There's people that need us in their mess. There's people that need us in their brokenness. There's people that need us in their addictions. There's people that are struggling right now with anxiety and depression, and they need us. They need the church. They need the brother that's going to come in there, the sister that's going to come in there and get down and pick them up and say, hey, there's a place in the Father's house for you. There's a place in the Father's house for you. You know, the Father loves us. I love this story because he actually didn't condemn the brother who, you know, had entitlement in his heart, who actually didn't want to share his inheritance. He loved him too. He had grace for him too. And the father, in the Father's house, it doesn't matter where you sit. It just matters that you come and have a seat at the table. And I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you've, you know, you're just new to this whole journey. Maybe you're, you're tuning on online today and you're new to the journey of faith. You're new to the journey of Christianity. Jesus is new to you. The amazing news is you don't have to have it all together. You know, the two sons represent two people. One that thinks they had it all together. The other one who knew they had it all together. And the truth was, we all don't have it all together, no matter where you're at. But the incredible news about Jesus is that he came to make us right. That no matter where you're at, whether you've sinned once or sinned a million times, the fact is, is that we need Jesus. We need his grace and we need his forgiveness. And I don't know where you're at today, but today I want to let you know that Jesus wants you to have a seat at his table. He's welcoming you, you in. The Father's heart is saying, hey, no matter where you've been, there is a spot in my house for you. So why don't we close our eyes right across this auditorium just to give every single person a moment of privacy. But as I said, God's, God's on the search for people. God's, God loves people and he's actually searching for you. If you don't have a relationship with him today, he loves you. He has a plan for you. And he does know your past. He knows everything you've been through. He knows all your brokenness. He knows all the mess. He maybe knows the mistakes that you've committed. But he's not worried about that. doesn't matter where you've been. You can say, hey, Danny, I've been in the pig pen. I've been in the mess. I've been broken. You don't know my story. Would the Father really love me? The truth is, he does. You know, when I was 18, I can relate to the prodigal son because I grew up around this whole thing called church and Christianity. And I said to God, I don't want this. I want to go live the fast life. And I, every weekend was partying throughout the week, just doing whatever I wanted. And I found myself empty. I found myself broken. 
But there was a moment when I was 18 and I said, God, if you were real, would you come into my heart and would you change everything? I want to give you my life. I want to give you my heart. And it was that moment, that honest prayer, that changed everything for me. In that moment, it, I didn't know how to describe it at the time, but I felt what I now know is God's presence come over my body, come over my heart, and I broke down in tears, uncontrollably crying. I don't think I'd cried for maybe five years or so. And I felt like all my sin and all my brokenness and all my mess just got washed away in one moment. It was the moment that the Father's love just embraced me. And everything made sense. It didn't make the pain go away. It didn't all of a sudden make life magically wonderful. But it meant that there was a God with me in my circumstances. No matter what I went through, that He was with me. And today, I want to ask you if, if you know that love. If you've encountered God for yourself. And if you, if you haven't, if you haven't had a relationship with Jesus before... All you've got to do is say an honest prayer like me, which I'll lead you in in just a moment. If you are like the prodigal son, like you can relate, man, Danny, past few years, I haven't even been in church. I've squandered it all. Well, the awesome news is, is that God's here for you right now. So if that's you today, one on the count of three, you just lift your hand. No one's watching. No one's looking around. You're just lifting your hand to God and saying, God, today I choose to come home. I choose to give you my life. One, He loves you. Two, He has an incredible plan for you. And three, everything can change in this one moment. And you just lift your hand high to heaven. He loves you so much. Incredible, guys. He's knocking on your heart right now. Your heart might be going a million miles an hour. It's just God saying, hey, let me in. Give me a chance. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. Maybe your future is so uncertain. Let me tell you that God has your life in His hands. Incredible. Incredible. Why don't we say this prayer together? Why don't you repeat this after me? Say, Father, today I choose to come home. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for a brand new life. I ask for your love to make my heart new again. I choose to follow you, Jesus, from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life, and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.